And now it's time for Hal Anderson. Well, hello, Savannah Pierce. How are hello. you? What's I'm going great. on? Why are you here? Because Tristan just every once in a while needs that day off. Right. Yes. He's, he's very uh, hardworking guy. Mm-hmm. He's got to stay home, sleep yeah. in. Right. Have Tristan time. Well, I hope he's enjoying his day. Oh, I'm sure. And it's uh, it's nice to have you here today. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Yeah. All we're doing is missing Austin Saragusa now. <laughs> hey, by the way, the weekend show, a very special weekend. Uh, I got to make this clear. Austin Saragusa is leaving, but not really. Right. Fake, uh, fake he's, leaving. He's part of the weekend, the original three, Savannah, myself, and Austin on the weekend. And Sunday is Austin's last day. He's going over to Global News Television. He's going to be more on the television side. You'll hear him on the radio, though. And uh, so it's his last day, and we got a big day planned for him. So, uh, yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you come in for that. It's going to be like a children's birthday party. Yes, Hot right. Hot dogs, I mean, cake, don't, I mean, pony don't, rides. Yeah, I mean, don't come in for it, but, you know, uh, <laughs> listen for it. That's on uh, That's on Sunday. All right. Thank you, Savannah. So you're handling the news all afternoon. All afternoon. All right. Great. Excellent. Hey, uh, coming up on the show today, Diana Foxhall in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk to Diana in about 10 minutes. Uh, Interesting story this morning at the uh, University of Regina to prevent cheating. They are uh, basically running security cameras in the room where the tests are happening. And uh, Diana has uh, this morning headed over to the University of Manitoba to chat with students there to see what they think of this idea. Would they be okay with that? And you heard one student in the news say, hell no. (laughs) Um, Listen, here's the deal about cheating, I think. If you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. You're going to figure out a way to cheat, right? I mean, camera, that's the latest. Okay, fine. I I think if you're going to cheat, you're going to figure out a way to cheat, and chances are you're going to get caught. At some point, you're going to get caught, but... You know, if they feel this is going to help, then sure. We'll see what Diana found out over at the University of Manitoba. She's coming up here in about 10 minutes. Uh, Tom Ethens is going to join us after Global News at 1.30 with Savannah Pierce today in for Tristan Field-Jones. Tom Ethens, of course, is with Take Pride Winnipeg, and their big spring cleanup is going to get going this weekend. Not big time, not everywhere, but it's going to get started this weekend. So we wanted to get Tom in and, and talk about that, and I think the city is going to be coming out in the next day or two with their cleanup plans. And, man, I'm telling you, it does feel like spring out there. Maybe not even as much today as yesterday, but you can just feel spring wanting to bust through. All right, at 145, John Thompson will join us. He is in Saskatoon. He's from Ottawa. He's Canada's national barbecue champion, and he's got some barbecue tips for us today. Well, sure, you know, uh, if you weren't barbecuing all winter, certainly the weather that we're having now and certainly the weather that we'll have this weekend will get people barbecuing. So, a uh, very timely uh, phone conversation with John, uh, John Thompson, Canada's national barbecue champion. Barbecue tips coming up at about 1.45, quarter to 2. Matt Nichols has a young quarterback camp going this weekend uh, where uh, wannabe quarterbacks and young high school quarterbacks and even, you know, younger than that can go to his quarterback camp this weekend. So we'll talk about that with Matt. But I also want to check in with Matt and see if he's cheering on the Jets, who, by the way, are one win away from winning their opening series in the NHL playoffs after a great 2-0 victory in St. Paul last night. Pretty exciting stuff. Jets up 3-1, and we're coming back here for a big party on Whiteout Way. Whiteout Way is getting even bigger. Uh, Of course, it'll be the Jets and Wild at Bell MTS Place on Friday night. So 
We'll talk to Matt Nichols right off the 2 o'clock news about his camp and about cheering on the Jets. Lorraine McNabb, I talked to her this morning. She is on her way home now from St. Paul. She did a great job down there. And so we'll kind of get some final thoughts from her. I chatted with her this morning, and I'll play that for you at about 2.15 this afternoon. After the news at 2.30, tough trivia. Your chance to win a $100 gift card for Kitchens today, and that will qualify you for Hal's Kitchen. This is the big grand prize, the $5,000 kitchen makeover from Dale and Chris and everybody over at Kitchens today. I got a Muchos Kilos song for you today, too. It's called Work Till 95, you know, the uh, 95 Dolly Parton uh, hit. This one's called Work Till 95. We were talking yesterday how more and more people are finding they have to work till 70 and beyond. They just can't afford to pack it in sooner than that. So Muchos Kilos at about 2.45, quarter to three today, Work Till 95. And in the 3 o'clock hour, I want to play for you a conversation I had this morning with Tracy Garbett. Tracy is a blind runner. He just ran the Boston Marathon for the second time. And despite pretty miserable conditions, he beat his best time. He ran it one other time a few years ago, and he ran it this time. Boston Marathon, we'll talk to Tracy. Incredible that he does it with, you know, some guides that run with him. But uh, does it not being able to see a thing. So we will uh, hear that conversation with Tracy coming up. And then, as you know, I've got all kinds of extras. And I've got actually uh, several opportunities today to play some music. Kelly Clarkson is going to host the Billboard Music Awards this year. And I want to play a song with that. Celebrity birthdays. There's a song there. Uh, Today in History. There's a song there. Bunch of other stuff coming up here as well. And uh, I'll ask you a few questions as we go along. Got a story here on workplace anxiety. Oh, we were talking about coffee yesterday. Who's got the best cup of coffee? And that coffee, apparently they've done studies. Coffee tastes better when it's uh, in a certain style of mug, a tulip cup, they call it. I'm not sure about that, but somebody or a couple people yesterday pointed out, well, that's... Works with wine. Why wouldn't it work with coffee? Make it more flavorful. So, you know. But a new study here says that drinking three cups of uh, coffee per day could be good for your heart. I'll give you details on that study as we go along here today. And a bunch of other stuff. So let's take a break and come back. We'll talk to Global News reporter Diana Fox all about cheating. They're using cameras to prevent cheating at the University of Regina. And Diana has talked with some students at the University of Manitoba. She joins us next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. One fifteen. we are right on time. Quarter after one. Story in the news this morning that uh, students at the University of Regina, when writing their exams, will have cameras on them to try and prevent cheating, or at least, I guess, in some rooms. Eh, Diana Foxall? Yes, it sounds like there are going to be cameras in a fair number of the rooms, but Mm. the statement that I received from the University of Regina says not all of them, to my understanding. I'm hoping to speak to someone from the University of Regina later today, Mm -hmm. but at the moment we do know that the university has installed video cameras in its exam rooms to sort of combat cheating and people trying to beat the system Mm -hmm. come finals time, obviously finals 
are happening right now yeah. in, in universities across the country. And it's a time that's very stressful for many people. Few people feel a lot of pressure to do well. Right. But the University of Regina is saying we don't want to see any instances of cheating. They sort mm -hmm. of brought this in after it was discovered that, well, a few people reported, oh, I think I saw my classmates cheating. Um, this happened a number of times. So the faculty said, look, we're just going to crack down on this. We're going to bring in video cameras. And I guess the thought process there is you can't really argue with video footage if you catch someone sort of looking at some notes or looking over at their yeah. sort of classmate across the table, right. you have a bit more proof than um, perhaps just someone else reporting mm -hmm. it. Yeah, but students can refuse to take the exam under these conditions, right? I mean, my understanding is they can say, no, I don't want to take the exam, but then no other accommodations will be granted, right? That means the student will not get that mark if they refuse to take the test. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the statement, they do say students can refuse, but nothing is yeah. going to nothing is going to change there in mm -hmm. order to accommodate. So you, the uh, my understanding would be that you would just not have that grade included that, that in your mark. mark. Yeah. So that is a big problem. Typically finals are mm -hmm. around 50% of your final grade, and that's yeah. a big chunk to be missing if you're sort of not performing perfectly yeah. in class. That well, is a bit of an as, issue. as most of us as students probably did not perform anywhere near perfect, although I think you were probably a pretty good student. That's the sense I get. I was I, okay. I was it, okay. I, as I said earlier I, in the opening of the show today, I think if you're going to cheat, you're going to get caught. And, but I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think cameras is going to help then. Great. But you did talk to students here about this. I did. So I wanted to find out what students at the University of Manitoba thought of what the University of Regina was doing. Um, so... As I said, they aren't putting cameras in all those rooms in Regina, but here at the University of Manitoba, many students feel that adding video cameras would be a waste of resources. One student I spoke to, Kyle, he says they would also kind of make people more nervous regardless of whether or not they were cheating. And given that exam season is stressful anyways, is it worth it? Stress people out <laughs> more than they already are stressed out. On the other hand, I don't really know how much cheating actually goes on in the university. Cheating puts people in more likely case of getting into programs versus other people who are not cheating, and that's a big problem. So mm. it was kind of a sense of we need a balance here, um, and that was reiterated by other students, including Stephen. I wouldn't have a problem with it, though I think it's pretty extreme. It's already kind of hard to cheat in an exam. I feel like that'd probably just be a waste of money having to install video cameras in every one of our exam rooms. <laughs> And then on the other hand, we I did talk to a student named Sammy. She said she was surprised that cameras weren't already being used to catch would-be cheaters, given that so much of university property and just property in general in this day and age is on camera. I think if there's a camera, for sure, people wouldn't cheat, like if it's behind you. So we do know that people are at some point evading the system. Um, the, I guess the question now is just, how much of an impact would cameras have on this? Mm -hmm. I think some students did say it would likely still be possible for people to slip through the cracks. Some going as far as to say that if universities began to rely on cameras to police students writing exams, that could also be an issue. Uh, many students did say invigilators already do a pretty good job of wandering around during exam periods. They're also kind of in some exam rooms, they're divided up. They've got dividers between students. So that's an additional right. security measure. So it's... It's difficult to cheat, I think, at the best of times. Obviously, some people do get around it. Mm. Um, but what the University of Regina is doing, many students here at the U of M say that's perhaps a, a little, little overkill. Far, right? Did you ask them at all if they think cheating is a big problem? 
I did, yeah. No one really has those details on how many instances of cheating are occurring at the sure. FM. But do they get a sense that there is cheating going on around them? I think so. Um, basically, the gist was students know that people do cheat. Mm. They just don't know how many. Yeah. And the trouble is you don't know how much of an impact it has. If you're right. cheating on something that's going to get you into law school, mm. that's a little different than cheating on a pop quiz. Obviously, this being final season, yeah. it is an important time of year. This could have an impact on getting into different programs later, getting into different courses right. that you might need. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's the balance of how far do we go and how many resources do we allot, sure. given that we don't know how much of an impact it's going to have. Yeah, hopefully there are some students out there that maybe are writing exams right now that would like to weigh in on this, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. I'm curious to know, is there cheating going on around you? What do you think of the idea of cameras? Um, that first clip you played where where the guy said, uh, oh, it's you know another adding stress to an already stressful situation. I, I don't know as though I, it's been a long time since I was a student, but I don't know if I buy that because if you're not cheating, you got nothing to worry about. You got nothing to be stressing about. So I don't know. I hopefully we'll get some calls on this 204-780-6868 or emails hal at cjob.com. Do you like this idea in Regina? Do you think that's a good idea? Should they be doing it here? And if you're a student, um, yeah. Do you think there's a lot of cheating going on? I'm kind of surprised if there's a lot of it. I'm sure there is some of it, but I wouldn't think there's a lot of it, but maybe I'm wrong. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Diana Foxall, thank you very much. Thank you, Hal. Diana, of course, is one of our global news reporters. Interesting story, though, out of Regina, University of Regina, using video cameras to record students as they take tests to try and fight cheating. Just got a text message here at uh, 204-780-6868 as they start to pour in now. If the university is smart, put up some live cameras and fake cameras. Save money. Of course, the students will still be paranoid. That's not a bad idea. That's pretty smart thinking, right? It's like that fake security camera you got at the back of your grads there. You know, somebody's, whoa, there's a camera, and it's just an empty camera with no guts in it, right? Um, another text message here. What's more stressful, profs or teachers pacing around or non-invasive cameras? Yeah, good point. The uh, added stress argument is moot unless you plan on cheating or are a faint of heart millennial. <laughs> uh, but they'll be uh, triggered regardless. That was sort of my thought, too. If you're not doing anything, it's not going to stress you out, right? And uh, Bob out in Oak Bank. Hey, Bob, I haven't talked to you in a while. Bob out in, uh, Bob out in Oak Bank says, why not just put up uh, blinders between each desk? I think they do some of that. Diana was mentioning they already have uh, some dividers. And then Wayne says, what about people's privacy? Here we go, right? Yes, I know, but you signed up to take the course, and if this is the way they run, want to run the course, they run it this way. And as I said, in Regina, anyhow, the students do have the option of not writing the exam under those conditions, but no other accommodations will be made, and you will not get that mark if you refuse to take uh, the test with cameras on you. But yes, I know that is uh, a problem for some people, their privacy. But I would think if you've got nothing to worry about, if you're not cheating, what's the big deal? 
I would rather have the cheaters taken care of. I, I If I'm there and not cheating, I would uh, rather just be able to take the course, write the exam, and yes, weed out the cheaters. Get rid of them. They aren't helping anybody. Another text message here from a listener. Uh, my daughter attends university, and she seems to think that some students go to the washroom during an exam to cheat, perhaps keeping notes in pockets or shoes. That's kind of like what I said. I think if they want to cheat, they'll figure out a way to cheat, right? Another text message. What the heck is the difference if you're sitting there having a big fat cheeseburger or in class taking a test? Either way, Biggest chunk of your time, you're on camera, so it really shouldn't matter. Oh, I see your point. There's cameras everywhere. Um, right. Yes. Yep. I think uh, it's pretty naive to think if we're anywhere these days, we're not being videotaped. I think it's pretty safe to assume that there are uh, there are cameras on you. And sure, put them in the classroom, I say. If you think there's there's cheating going on, put them in the classroom. Let's get rid of the cheaters. I don't think I ever cheated in school. I, you know, I never had, I, I never felt that pressure to try and get my, I was probably a B student, you know, B minus C plus student. I wasn't great, but uh, I just uh, always tried my best and I never felt that pressure to, uh, to try and, uh, uh, you know, get a higher grade to get into a better school or, you know, I understand the pressures. Oh, I get it. I'm just saying I never really experienced that. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. We got the news with Savannah Piers coming up here at 1.30 in just a few minutes. And then Tom Ethans from Take Pride Winnipeg will join us. The spring cleanup is close. Thank you very much, Savannah. Savannah Piers in for Tristan Field-Jones. Uh, you may have heard in the news this morning that uh, the street sweepers will be out starting next week. And once they get at it, they'll go hard and they'll try to get everything cleaned up. And we thought we would uh, get Tom Ethans in here from Take Pride Winnipeg to talk about their cleanup effort. Hi, Tom. Good to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks for your help. A couple weeks ago, we were talking uh, cleanup and your... Uh, your report came out letting us know the bad areas where it's really bad. In fact, we're just, you know, across the road from Omens Creek. That's one of the worst spots every year, it seems. It's a terrible spot, and there, there are lots of areas of the city that really need help. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great to get uh, community groups and businesses, yeah. individuals, church groups, school groups, all go out to help make a difference. And it kind of gets going this weekend. Not big time, but you kind of get started this weekend. Tell us about it. Yes, I mean, it is Earth Day on, on Sunday, and mm-hmm. there are several groups already going out this weekend, and uh, we know that there's an event in uh, in the Maples area on Sunday that uh, is being done um, uh, about Earth Day and about getting people to get excited to go out in their community and help clean it up. Yeah. Uh, and we need more and more individuals and more people just going out and to say, hey, let's, let's take 20 minutes and go, go go pick up some litter. Yeah. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about, uh, is it called plogging? Yes. Yeah, which is picking up garbage while you're jogging, plogging. But you said you don't you don't plog, you... I plock. <laughs> you walk. I, I and walk pick. and pick up litter. And, I, think, I think that's a great idea. And if you do it for 20 minutes a day, 
Uh, it takes a little exercise, and you bend down and pick it up. Or if you have a litter picker, we you use those and and yeah. get out there and do something to make a difference. Yeah, you welcome that, but you also <laughs> would love to see more groups, as you said, church groups, students, all that kind of stuff, and they can just contact you if they want to get involved in the formal cleanup. Eh? Exactly, and and we uh, encourage all businesses to get their employees to go out and church groups, community groups. Uh, a lot of schools get involved in, in going out as well. Anyone that wants to volunteer, we will provide garbage bags. We'll provide gloves and pickers. And we want to get people out there making that uh, city area that they're in cleaner mm-hmm. and rid of litter. All they got to do is give us a call at 204-956-7590, or they can email Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, at takepride.mb.ca, and we will... Gladly add you to the list. Okay, and if you want, just if it's easier, you're driving, you can't jot that down, just contact me, Hal, at cjob.com or 204-780-6868. We'll get you the information so you can reach Tom and everybody over at uh, Take Pride Winnipeg. You know, next week we've got uh, a group of uh, students who have, for 25 years uh, at uh, General Will School, have done the West End sweep-off and for the West End biz, and it's uh, they're just so excited that they can show the community that teenagers are not always the bad ones that are throwing stuff on the ground, but they're willing to help pick it up and street uh, sweep the streets. Obviously, people still roll down their window and throw that coffee cup out. Or uh, I'm surprised that people still do this. I mean, haven't we? You know, this is this has been going on for a long time. You'd think that by now we would just go. I'm going to hang on to it till I get to a garbage can. I saw it the other day, and I got out of my car and went to where they had dropped the litter and uh, knocked on the window and said, do you mind if I pick this stuff up for you that you threw out onto the ground? Thank you very much, and picked it up and put it in a garbage container that was no more than five steps away from their car. Wow. Yeah, that's that just uh, is, is crazy. Um, are we getting better when it comes to garbage? Uh, your annual report comes out. Is it, I mean, there are certainly some areas where it's worse, but if I remember correctly from a couple weeks ago, we are getting a little better. We are getting a little better, and, and people are becoming more responsible. And uh, actually, it's a lot of the young students where we go in to make presentations that are now telling the older people, the adults, uh, not to throw stuff out the car windows and, and to be more responsible. And so we're getting that message from the ground up, and uh, it's working in that regard. So that's great to see. And 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 more and more people understand that they need to uh, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah. I'm not sure if you uh, have a comment or not, but there's a story out today saying that, I guess, uh, China, for example, is getting fussier about uh, what they accept as far as recyclables is concerned. And so now, uh, you know, rinsing out the containers or the jars is sort of part of the process. I guess if you're committed to recycling, this is no big deal, but uh, it, it... I don't know. Do you think this will have an impact on, on people and, and recycling? It's going to have an impact, and and we're going to have to do a lot more education towards proper recycling uh, to get people to understand how they need to make sure that their recycling is clean uh, so that it is used uh, and reused. And, and uh, unfortunately, uh, anywhere from 13 to 25% of, of stuff that is being recycled right now in Winnipeg uh, is contaminated, so does not make it to recycling depots. So we need to do a better job of people understanding exactly how 
to recycle and what to recycle. And once we do that, I think we'll see more and more people recycling the right way. And, and that will help um, Manitoba to become a leader in terms of, of recycling properly. How do we stack up against other cities and provinces when it comes to garbage and recycling and stuff like that? Uh, we're pretty good in a lot of ways. And in terms of recycling, uh, we, we're we're doing really well in terms of recycling. Manitoba, um, the MMSM uh, is the recycler for Manitoba for residential. And they say that the numbers are, are really excellent in terms of how much people are recycling. And certainly with the new containers we have here in Winnipeg, People are recycling more, and so that's great. Mm-hmm. We were having the conversation a couple of weeks ago about straws, and you were saying how you use a metal straw. My wife has a metal straw that she uses as well because straws is is kind of a problem. And then we were talking about grocery bags. Tell the a story about the recycler in town with the grocery bags and what they make out of them and uh, bent uh, benches yeah, and well, we birdhouses. We and, have our program, Bag Up Manitoba, with Multi-Material Stewardship Manitoba, and last year, 166 schools across the province. In one month, the students brought in 1.1 million plastic bags. We recycle them and we turn them into birdhouses for the schools or bird feeders or uh, garden boxes. And then 14 schools every year get a bench made out of plastic bags and wood composite fiber. And the students see the value of recycling they see they understand the value about reducing the amount of plastic yeah. and and that they can reuse it and we can recycle it so mm-hmm. It's just a, a great program, and uh, we're looking to expand it across the country. I, I You gave one of those uh, birdhouses or bird feeders to Jeff Courier, and I said, what is this? This is fantastic. I love birds. So uh, can people go and actually uh, buy those products, the benches and the bird uh, feeders and stuff, or not? Uh, they they can probably get uh, the benches from Trex is okay. the name of the company in, right. in Virginia. Uh, if they wanted to uh, look at some birdhouses or bird feeders, we could probably get a few, okay. and we would maybe uh, look at that uh, and yeah. selling them as as something we could do. A fundraiser to, or something. Fundraiser I, for I was Take thinking, Pride Winnipeg. Yeah, 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 that'd be great because yeah. we are a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, uh, Tom. Thanks very much for coming, and I really appreciate it. Thank Tom you, Tom Ethans. Tom Ethans is with Take Pride Winnipeg. Their spring cleanup gets going, not big time, but it gets going. This weekend, 141, Hal Anderson on CJOB. Well, and with this uh, beautiful weather uh, that we are finally having, it was uh, slow getting here, but now that it's here, it's it's fantastic. By the way, 145, quarter to two. John Thompson joins us on the phone now. John is the ex-president of the Canadian Barbecue Society, and he is Canada's current national barbecue champion. Good afternoon, John. Hey, Al. Thank you for doing this. We're starting to get beautiful weather here in Winnipeg, John, so you coming on to talk barbecuing is uh, is very timely here. I- I've got to ask you, how do you become Canada's national barbecue champion? Well, a lot of practice and a lot of cooking. That's what it boils down to. But uh, <laughs> really what, it, what, what really happens is that, you know, I, uh, I do a lot of these competitions over the course of the year, and what really helps set my game apart is starting off with quality meats, right? So I use the, the fantastic products from Real Canadian Superstore, and that's what really takes my game over the top. You know, I think picking the right cut of meat kind of makes some people nervous, John. Talk a bit about that. What are the best yeah. cuts of meat for a barbecue? 
Well, you know, it really depends on everybody's, you know, personal taste. But the best way to pick out meats for the barbecue is, you know, if we're talking red meats, finding something with some good marbling in it. We like that fat. Fat is flavor, so we don't want to shy away from that. So anything with good marbling on the inside, you know, some great cuts of meat or some strip loin, some rib steaks. But, you know, even the leaner cuts are fine as well, flank steaks, skirt steaks. Uh, you know, it's, it's really up to whatever the individual likes. I was talking with one of our listeners yesterday about ribs, and I asked him if he boils his ribs before he barbecues them. He said no. I said, well, doesn't that make them more tender? And he says, but you lose all the flavor. What are your thoughts on doing ribs? Well, I don't know why you're trying to pick fights with your listeners. I mean, who boils ribs? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a big sin for us, right? Because that's how you make a great stock. You boil the meat, you boil the bones, you boil whatever's left over, and it extracts all that flavor, and you make a great stock. But the meat that's left over is not so great. So, yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to boil our ribs. But what we want to do is take our time with them. Classic approach to cooking ribs is what we call the three-two-one approach. So, overall, about a six-hour cooking session, and it's three hours of smoke at about 180 degrees. If we can control that, then we foil wrap them, and we can put stuff in that foil if we want to. Some people put butter, honey, brown sugar, barbecue sauce, but you don't really even have to put anything in that foil. What we're doing during that foil period for two hours is we're actually steaming and braising the ribs. And that's where you get that nice pullback from the bones. You get those nice teeth showing on your ribs, and they get all nice and softened up. Then at the very end, sometimes they get a little soft in that foil pack. So that at the very end, we do a one-hour session back on the grill. That's when we'll sauce them at the very end, and you can't go wrong. It's what I've won ribs with many times. I'm Canada's national rib champion following that very technique. And do you barbecue year-round? A lot of Winnipeggers do. I, I have to admit I don't, but a lot of people do. Do you barbecue year-round, John? Well, I'll tell you, if Winnipeggers can, uh, can barbecue all year-round, the rest of the country has no excuse. Yeah. I absolutely barbecue all year-round. So I, I've got a couple of cookers that are a little bit more resilient, and I keep those outside. I have some that are in my garage that I drag out. It's funny, when the, when the snow falls, I mean, that doesn't stop me. My wife's out there with a shovel digging out a dog run for the dog, and I'm out there running, digging out a, a barbecue run for me. Very cool. What do you do on the barbecue that maybe is a little different, maybe kind of unusual? We all cook up the meat on the barbecue. What do you cook on the barbecue that might make us raise our eyebrows? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about a technique that I use when I'm cooking steaks that makes my steaks stand apart, and they're always super tender and butter soft called the reverse sear so typically whenever folks are out there grilling their steaks they do the same thing they get that grill hot slap the steak on get it all sizzly they're searing searing that steak to try to lock in the juices then they move that steak off to the side of the grill for it to finish cooking i do the opposite of that i start off on a cool side of the grill and that allows me to take my time i, I what i want to do is i want to bring that steak slowly up to about 110 degrees and it's kind of like the frog in a boiling pot method. The, the steak is relaxed, it's calm, the meat proteins are all nice and, 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 and uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not tightening up on us. And then at the very end, when it gets to about 110 degrees, that's when I throw the heat on it. I get that sizzle at the very, very end, and then I throw a big lump of compound butter on that steak while it rests. We always want our steaks to rest for a few minutes, right? Maybe, maybe three, four minutes if we can stand it, but it always smells so good it's hard to wait that long. But that compound butter on the top, Man, that is what really sets it apart. So the reverse sear, in order to get it nice and soft and tender, we're also going to do a dry brine on that. So a dry brine is where we put about a quarter of a teaspoon of salt on each side of that steak, and we just let it sit for about two minutes in the fridge on a wire rack. What happens is that salt draws the moisture up out of the meat, 
mixes in with the salt and then gets reabsorbed back into the meat. And uh, again, sort of like the slow cook method, it helps keep the meat proteins nice and soft and relaxed, and it makes for an award-winning steak when we're all done. Before I let you go, anything you want to get out there as far as barbecuing goes? Because I guarantee you with uh, uh, temperatures getting close to 20 this weekend with sunshine, we're going to be barbecuing. Fantastic. That's great news. I love to hear it. There's really only three things we have to keep in mind. Number one, start with quality meats at Great Value. I get those at Real Canadian Superstore. Second thing is season it, and you don't have to go crazy with seasoning, salt, pepper, garlic, the basics do it, and then just grill it to perfection. Cook it to about 135 degrees, you'll never go wrong. John, thank you. Thanks, Al. John Thompson, Canada's national barbecue champion. He had some really good, uh, not even just tips and advice, but he had, you know, like almost full-blown recipes. Uh, Fantastic stuff. If you've got something you want to share, 204-780-6868. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun trying new stuff. I'll tell you, uh, a friend of mine taught me a a quick little uh, trick, and, and we do this in the oven inside the house too, but you can do it on the barbecue if you want. You just get some nonstick uh, aluminum foil. You throw in a, a chicken breast, some olive oil, whatever spice you want. Throw in some cut up uh, onions and peppers and whatever. Close it up, seal it up, throw it on the barbecue. 15 minutes, take it off. Mm, fantastic. It's not barbecued, but it's just nice and tender, and you can do that in the oven or on top. And here we go. Now we're starting to get some uh, suggestions here. From uh, Wayner. Wayner says, Hal, try my ribs. Cut up three to four racks of back ribs into twos. Put them in a slow cooker. Pour enough beer or soda and spices to cover the meat entirely. Slow cook for six hours. Take them out of the liquid. Refrigerate place on a cookie sheet and bake at 350 for 10 minutes, add your favorite sauce and let the heat caramelize the sauce. Bon appetit. That sounds good, Wiener. I like that. Fantastic. Oh, and here we go. Duck is on the phone. Duck is the guy I was having the rib conversation with yesterday. What's Duck going to say? Duck, I don't have a lot of time. What did you want to say quickly? Okay. Uh, when when you're doing ribs or steaks or anything, yeah. and you're, you want to marinate them, mm. put them in a big Ziploc bag. Yeah. Zip it up, put a straw in there, suck all the air out of it. Right. Close it up nice and tight, put it in your fridge f- for two days. Two days? Two days. Okay. And that is going to, and add <laughs> one thing with your barbecue sauce, yeah. add uh, demands how big your ribs are and how big of a steak you got. Yeah. Always add at least one ounce of maple syrup. Maple syrup. Mix that up real good. Let that sit for two days and put that on a, a barbecue charcoal barbecue. I like it. Forget the gas. Need <laughs> the gas. Yeah, alone. you got to do Go the charcoals. Charcoal. Yeah, I know you're a charcoal guy. <laughs> thank you, Doc. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much, pal. I appreciate it. Yes, he's a charcoal guy. He was going on and on yesterday off air about how he's a charcoal guy. I like the idea that uh, Wainer's got here with. Um, with a bit of uh, uh, beer in there. I like that. I'm going to try that, Wiener. And I like the idea of doing it in the slow cooker, right? And then on the uh, on the grill or, or in the uh, oven just to kind of finish them off. And we got a minute left. Steve, if you can make it quick, I can get you on. Go ahead. Here we go. 
take your rack of ribs, make sure your foil can be fold locked on across the top and on each end. Yeah. Put all your favorite seasonings on there. Put them in the foil. Fold lock the top. Fold lock one end. Put about a half a cup of water into it. Fold lock the other end. So that either in the oven at 450 or on the barbecue on high. Let it ride for 44, 45 minutes. Take that out. Sauce them up. And you won't be able to cut them into quarters because it'll just fall off the bone. Fall off the bone. That's the way I like it. Steve, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Hey, we can uh, keep taking the barbecue text messages and emails and phone calls if you want. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. Uh, Matt Nichols will join us after the 2 o'clock news. Savannah Pierce and the news is next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you very much, Savannah. Savannah in for Tristan Field-Jones. 2.04 at CJOB. We were talking with Tom Ethans from Take Pride Winnipeg about, you know, cleaning up while you're out taking a walk or out for a run. They actually have a name for that. Uh Plogging, if you're jogging and picking up garbage. Plocking, because Tom says he plocks because he's a walker. Here's an email at uh, hal at cjob.com. Yesterday, Hal on Garwood Avenue, a young woman, while out with uh, her young daughter and baby in a stroller for a walk, was picking up garbage on the sidewalk and boulevard. Her daughter was helping her. She was setting a good example for her young daughter. Shame on the litter bugs. I did open my door to thank her, and she thanked me for noticing. Linda, PSL, love all your shows. Ah, thank you, Linda. Thank you for the uh, for the email on that. I appreciate that. And uh, keep the comments coming. What do you think about uh, the cleanup? Uh, I guess the city will start its cleanup next week. Sounds like Take Pride Winnipeg will sort of get going a little bit this weekend. We're also uh, taking your barbecue tips. We had on uh, Canada's national barbecue champion, John Thompson, who had some great tips. So we'll continue to take your tips on that. And then uh, we're also talking about cheating. At the University of Regina, they've set up cameras in testing rooms to keep an eye on students. And uh, Global News reporter Dinah Foxhall was over at the University of Manitoba talking to students there. Nothing that drastic happening there. And it sounds like most of the students don't really feel like it's necessary. Uh, Let's go to the phone on this. Robert is on the line, 204-780-6868, talking cheating here. Hi, Robert. Hey, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. I heard you talking about this topic, and I kind of went through a similar situation. I, I, I go to university just a couple of weeks ago where mm-hmm. I, it would have been good if they would have had cameras because that would have saved me the stress of having to, because I'm kind of in a conundrum as to whether I should tell the professor that I, the, the exam that we were writing was a lab exam. Um, so you had to move around different stations. It wasn't like a stationary at a desk for the whole three hours. Right. And I, I noticed that the, we, we went through like different microscopes and stuff like that. Uh, um, I kind of just out of nowhere, I kind of looked up and I saw this uh, one of my fellow students seeing the paper from the other student sitting next to them. Ah. And, and they, 
that they saw me seeing them. So mm. that was the issue that I was like, hmm, should I tell? Should I not tell? Is yeah, what do you do there? now, right? You saw them yeah. cheating. Now, do you even say anything? I guess you should, but I understand why you're hesitant to, for sure. Because he saw that I saw, so he's going to know who said yeah. it. Yeah. Having a camera in that situation would have kind of said me. I wouldn't have had to go into any details. I could have just said anonymously to the teacher or something to the right. teacher, check at this time of this situation. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where, and as far as the, the whole privacy issues, I mean, you're you're in an exam room, you're in a lab, you're not like in a bathroom or something yeah, like that right. where you're not in, there's no intimacy kind of thing. You're supposed yeah. to be there concentrating on, and if that's going to be, because uh, it goes on. I mean, it's probably not as much as, as, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you that, Robert. How much cheating do you think goes on? Uh, it depends, I guess, on because for for example, for this type of exam, there was an earlier during that same day an earlier session that went on, and it, she didn't get around. It was a professor; she didn't get around to change the different like stations. So, I mean, somebody in the earlier morning session could have just said, "Okay," to the if they had, I guess, one of their friends from the evening said, right. okay, this is what was on the exam and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does happen. There's opportunity. And and, and I mean, I, I always say I'd rather fail honestly than, than try to cheat. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I see it. Me I'd too. rather fail that I'm not ready for an exam than go ahead. And because, I mean, if you get caught, there's universities take that very seriously, seriously nowadays. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's almost like it goes on your record. It's almost like a criminal record. Yeah, know, yeah. Hey, Robert, uh, thanks a lot for the call, Robert. I really appreciate your help on this. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks. All right, and Steve is on the phone. Hello, Steve. Hi there. Hi. I did a funny comment that you mentioned that I used to be a C-plus, maybe B-minus student. Well, I said C-plus, B-minus, but yeah. That's what I said, but, you know, I was pretty much the same. But, you know, uh, first of all, as far as cameras go for my daughter's in university right now, I don't think she would even be able to cheat if she tried but um, funny thing, you know, going up through the ranks and uh, taking tests and exams, I was one that always was prepared and thinking about and trying to cheat. You were? Yes. And so, you know what? This is the funny part. You spend all that effort drawing up your cheat sheet. Yeah. To try to hide it, whatever. If you're doing it actually in pencil and paper, pen and paper, whatever. And actually making it up, guess what? When you get to the test, to the exam, you got so much knowledge in your head because you just wrote everything down. <laughs> yeah, you kind of studied. You studied putting the cheat sheets together. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You got it. Here's a good text message. Just got this at 204-780-6868. Well, I say good. I put a, put a smile on my face. I don't necessarily agree, but... Uh, The texter says, go ahead, cheat. Does it make a difference in today's world? (laughs) Wow. Jaded, cynical much? Uh, The text goes on to say, any advantage you can take, take it. That's my advice. Someone else will at your expense. You can count on it. (laughs) Go ahead, cheat. Does it make a difference in today's world? Well, all right. Uh, getting some uh, good suggestions. Everybody's talking ribs now. I'm I'm opening it up to any barbecue stuff you want to talk about. But uh, somebody here says, "How best way to have ribs? Go to Tony Roma's. <laughs> that is the best way to have ribs. Yes, absolutely." And another great text message here. Hal, don't tell my bubba, but I've been barbecuing her pierogies for 30 years. I boil them till they float. 
marinate them in my favorite barbecue sauce. Mine's blueberry, Buster's blueberry it's called apparently. Grill for four minutes on each side and consume. Delicious. Barbecued pierogies. Something else I likely will try. That actually sounds uh, sounds kind of good, if you ask me. And I've already copied down Wainer's recipe. I'm going to try that one. I might send that one out on uh, social media later for you uh, people that didn't have time to jot it down or can't remember. It's pretty simple, but uh, I'm at Hal Anderson on Twitter and Hal Anderson and Hal Anderson Productions on Facebook. I'll try and send those out later, okay? Um, Jacob says, spring is here, Hal. Saw a robin and a flock of sandhill cranes. There you go. There you go. It must be spring. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk to our quarterback, Matt Nichols. He, too, is cheering on the Jets. Matt Nichols joins us after this. Quarter after two, and joining us now on the phone is Bomber quarterback Matt Nichols. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Great. Excellent. How's the offseason going? Uh, it's going incredible. Uh, you know, only a couple of weeks away from training camp starting up. we got mini camp here next week, so, um, you know, it's nice to wind it down and get back down to business here pretty soon. You getting excited? Are you nervous? What are the feelings you're going through this close to the season? And you have to be excited about uh, the team this year. Yeah, I mean, it's always excitement. Um, you know, the offseason's nice when you, you get to heal the body up and everything, take a few months off of taking hits and those sorts of things. But uh, at the same time, you know, at a certain point, it usually starts around right now that you're ready to get back, which is kind of perfect timing, obviously, because we're about to start up. And, uh, you know, you want to go out there and see what kind of guys you have. And, you know, luckily for us, we have a lot of returning guys, you know, some veterans that we added or guys that already know, same coaching staff uh, for the most part. So. Um, it's definitely exciting and just looking forward to getting back to work and, and improving on things that I feel like we've we've gotten better and better the last couple of years. We just want to take the next step. Hey, I hope this is okay while I have you on today. I wanted to ask you about the Winnipeg Jets. They're playing well. They could win the first series of the playoffs uh, here on, on Friday. Are you following the Jets? Do you cheer on the team at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in the city long enough now and and uh, you know, I've, I've made it to four or five games, which I've, I've never, I haven't, I've yet to see them lose in person. So, cool. Uh, you know, if there's a really important, if there's a really important uh, playoff game, you know, I'll make sure I'll try and get there for it, so you can keep that streak alive. But um, yeah, we've been watching the games here uh, in Washington. Uh, you know, luckily those games have been on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even my daughter, my daughter Elliot, we took her to a game this year, and she absolutely loved it. And She's uh, turned into a big hockey girl, so she sits here and watches the games with us. And uh, yeah, it's definitely it's fun. It's, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I think I you know I sent a tweet out about it, but seeing the you know, the street party and all the fans going nuts there and stuff, you know, just really kind of got it, got me fired up for you know, you know those are our fans also. So uh, you know, I think some of the greatest fans that there are, and and uh, I think it makes that atmosphere and playing in the city incredible and. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely become a fan and and watching all the games you know as much as I can and I, you know so far it's been uh, very impressive and pretty much I think what we expected based on how they played all season long. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because you're right; uh, these are your fans as well, and they're cheering on the Jets right now. 
Um, Whiteout Way, Donald there from Portage to St. Mary, that crowd outside Bell MTS Place. Pretty impressive, eh? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, especially I know I know it's warming up a little bit, but it's still not, you know, too warm out there. And so uh, I think, you know, it speaks to the Winnipeg fans. I mean, they were out like that for our playoff game that was freezing. Uh, you know, just embrace it. And no matter what, you know, no matter what the weather is, they're out there supporting the team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive. I mean, you could even see from, you know, tweets and stuff from, from – uh, you know, major networks across the U.S., everything, you know, tweeting pictures of Winnipeg and saying how nuts the fans are and, and how awesome the atmosphere is. So uh, it's definitely next level, and and uh, you know, couldn't be prouder to, to be playing in that city. You know, it wasn't even a year ago I was saying, hey, maybe we're the new city of champions. You know, the Gold Eyes are, are champs. The Bombers have a, a potentially, uh, uh, you know, a great championship team, and who knows what the Jets might do. It doesn't sound so crazy now. No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the Jets are good enough to win it. It just comes down to to making a few plays in the big games and yep. and uh, you know closing out series like like once where you're up three one. You know, making sure you don't let it slip away. Just closing those things out and, and moving on, staying about your business. Same thing for us. I feel like we've been a couple plays away the last two years, and um, and we just need to do a better job of making those last couple plays. Uh, in the playoff games and, and, and sealing victories. And, you know, it's really all it takes. And definitely, you know, could see multiple parades uh, downtown Winnipeg this year would be incredible. It certainly would be, yeah. Hey, tell me about your quarterback camp this weekend. I'm going to talk more with you on my weekend show about it, but tell us about this quarterback camp. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's something I've always wanted to do, uh, especially the last few years, really wanted to get involved with helping out, uh, you know, getting some some knowledge to the young quarterbacks in the Winnipeg area um, you know, a lot of times it's difficult because you got to try and get the facilities you got to try and have the insurance and and all the things that you have you know all the things that come along with it so you know luckily you've kind of been able to go through the bombers and uh, um, you know the other thing is I wanted to you know make it a different type of camp where um, you know my goal was kind of the day in the life of a bomber um, you know, start out in our, our team meeting room, kind of run through a quick team meeting like we do. Uh, normally transition to the field for, you know, the on-field uh, fundamental skills and everything. Uh, you know, maybe do a workout that, you know, I would do during the season mm-hmm. in our weight room, uh, serve lunch, just like the players get it in the locker room uh, after the, you know, after our on-field session, go into the meeting rooms like we would as, as bomber players, uh, you know, after our lunch and, and go in and watch film, you know, kind of do a a little bit of a film study uh, plus a leadership talk and, you know, kind of things that I've been through, things that I've learned along the way, things that I feel like, um, you know, you could really only get from someone that has had my experiences with playing the position. So I think it's a, a unique a unique take on, you know, just a normal camp where really going to give them a good feel of, what our daily life is like as a bomber player. I can get to see our entire facilities, um, you know, be in our meeting rooms, you know, be in the same seats as the guys that they watch on the field. So um, I think it, it could be a pretty unique thing. And I don't know what kind of turnout it's going to be the first year, but hopefully this is something we continue and, and get more and more kids involved and just improve the overall, you know, quarterback play in the area. You know, I know Coach Law Police and Buck Pierce have been doing quarterback receiver stuff, which is awesome. And, this, you know, this is just something else where, 
you know, they're going to get my take on it. And, you know, I see eye to eye with those guys a lot, but maybe they'll get, you know, one or two things from me that, you know, you don't get from another camp. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, depending on how many coaches or how many players we have there, um, you know, try and get a couple guest coaches to, to make appearances and, uh, you know, basically trying to run it like a day in, day in the life of a bomber. Yeah, sounds great. So would there still be room then for uh, quarterbacks or wannabe quarterbacks out there that still want to get involved in the camp? Yeah, as far as I know, um, uh, the signups and stuff kind of go through the bombers, so I really don't okay, even know how many sure. players are signed up uh, as of right now, but um, you know, hoping, hoping to get as many as possible. Uh, you know, I, I don't know kind of what they're going to cap it at or how mm-hmm. many people we need. I'm assuming, you know, we, we kind of announced it a little late, so I'm assuming there's you know, more than a few spots open still. So, yeah. um, you know, if anyone anyone wants to get in, uh, you know, sign up and love to have them and love for all the kids to come out and hang out with me for a day. Well, we'll get the word out too, Matt. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is our Bomber quarterback, Matt Nichols. Good guy. Love that he's cheering for the Jets, right? Love that he's uh, got his, his little girl into the hockey and, uh, you know, here he is this weekend with his uh, young quarterback camp giving back to the community. And, and I really like Matt, and I like our chances with Matt uh, at the helm, leading the Bombers. And as he said, just, you know, a couple of, week, a couple of weeks away from kind of getting things uh, unofficially underway. So pretty exciting. Certainly exciting if you're a hockey fan. Winnipeg Jets heading home up 3-1 now over the Wild. And if you missed it, if you have not heard yet, White Outway, Donald... From Portage to St. Mary is expanding. Whiteout Way is expanding. The big Whiteout Street Party is growing. They are now going to incorporate Graham between Hargrave and Smith. So it's going to kind of be like a big T now or an X or a, a cross or whatever. And they figure this will up the capacity by 50%. So easily over 10,000 people will fit there. And you know there's going to be a big crowd on Friday. The party, the Whiteout Street Party on Whiteout Way, gets going 4.30 Friday afternoon. That is two hours before the puck drops, all right? So Whiteout Way now from Donald Portage all the way to St. Mary and then Graham from Hargrave to Smith if you're planning on getting out there before the game. And uh, I guarantee you that will be jam-packed. They're putting another TV screen in there, by the way. That brings the total to five now. More washrooms, more vendors. It's going to be a good time. And I'm telling you, if the Jets can wrap her up on Friday night, it's going to be crazy. It is going to be crazy. Hal Anderson here on CJOB. We're going to break here for news. Savannah Piers is handling the news today. Good having Savannah along. And then after the news at 2.30. Tough trivia, your chance to win a $100 gift card for Kitchens Today and qualify to win Hal's Kitchen. That's a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. So don't go far, all right? Hal on CGOB. Right now it is 10 degrees at 680 CJOB. And now back to Hal Anderson. Thank you, Savannah. Savannah Piers in for TFJ. Tristan Field-Jones, 233. I talked this morning with Global News Television anchor Lauren McNabb as she was getting ready to leave St. Paul. I'm going to play that conversation back for you. Also talked this morning with Tracy Garbutt. He works with the CNIB here in town. He is blind, cannot see, and he just ran the Boston Marathon. How cool is that? 
So a couple of great conversations coming up. Right now, it is your chance, if you get the tough trivia question correct, to win a $100 gift card from Kitchens Today. And if you win the gift card, you're also qualified to win Hal's Kitchen. This is the big grand prize. We did this uh, last year, and we're doing it again, a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. All you got to do is get the trivia question correct, all right? And here's the question, 204-780-6868, And uh, we'll hook you up with that $100 gift card, and you might win the big $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens today. 23.5% of adults admit they don't always do this. What is it? Could be anything. That's why it's called tough trivia. First caller through yesterday got it right. So that's why I'm trying to make it a bit tougher today. Could be anything. 23.5% of adults, so almost a quarter of adults, admit they don't always do this. 204 68. Let's go to the phones here. Hello, you got a guess? Brush their teeth. Not brush their teeth. No. Hi, CJOB. Hi. Got a guess? I don't know what the question oh, is. Oh, the question the question is, you gotta tell me that. Question is, twenty-three and a half percent of adults admit they don't always do this. What could that be? Oh goodness. I can't even think. <laughs> All right, call back if you think of something there. Who is she listening to? <laughs> Maybe she had the wrong radio station. <laughs> I guarantee you it wasn't as fun as this one. Hi, CGOB, have you got a guess? I do. Is it wash their hands after they use the washroom? No, it is not wash their hands. Sorry about that. I see J-O-B. Wash their hands? No, we just had that. Not wash your hands. No, I see J-O-B. Hey, Hal. Hi. Uh, How about... Damn, I'm stumped. Are you? I'll tell you what, I like you. I'll put you on hold. You think about it. I'll come back to you in a call or two here. I see J-O-B. Hello? Go Hi. ahead. Yeah, I need your guess. They do not exercise. Not exercise. No, not the answer we need. Sorry. I see J-O-B. I come to a complete stop at a stop sign. No, but boy, a lot of us don't do that, right? Yeah. Good, oh, ge- yeah. good guess. Yeah, I would say even more than 23.5%. But the question is, 23.5% of adults admit they don't always do this. Let's go back to the guy on hold. Hi, got a guess? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe something polite, like hold the door open for someone. Mm, yeah, not what we're looking for. Sorry, we tried. Call back if you get something. I see J-O-B, have you got a guess? Yeah, I'm going to say pick up their dog poop. Ah, have you heard that our Christian O'Mel is uh, hanging out with the the pooper scooper people today? <laughs> no. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's going to have a he's going to have a report on that later. Uh, no, that's a very good guess. A lot of people uh, worrying about the poop in their backyard, but uh, not the uh, answer to our trivia question. Sorry about that. 204-780-6868. Hi, CJOB. Hi there. Hi. Uh, my answer is flush the toilet. 23.5% of adults admit they don't always flush the damn toilet. <laughs> Yes, very good. What is your name? Marjorie. Marjorie, you are going to be given that $100 uh, 
uh, gift card from Kitchens Today. And now you're in the running for a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be very nice. Yes, you might yes. win uh, Hal's Kitchen. What is the uh, what is that old saying about not flushing the toilet that they use up at the cottage sometimes when there's not a whole bunch of water? They say, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If mellow. it's if it's brown, flush it down. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Yes. That's right. All yeah. right. I'm going to put you on hold. Jeff Forte is going to talk to you off the air. We'll get you that gift card and good luck winning Hal's Kitchen. Everybody else, hang on. We're going to come back and uh, share with you a couple of conversations I had this morning. Lauren McNabb, Tracy Garbett, that's coming up here. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. All right, uh, Hal Anderson here. And again, just about quarter to three. Lauren McNabb, global news television anchor, has been down in St. Paul. She's been doing a great job reporting back on uh, all the games, but also a lot of the activities around the game, some great stories down there. And I had a chance to talk to her. I heard her on with Macklin and McGarry this morning, and she said she was getting ready to leave, and I wanted to get her on the phone. I was able to do that this morning before she headed out, or just as she was heading out, I wanted to catch up with her and see how her trip was. So here is our conversation from this morning with Loren McNabb. Hello, Loren. Hi, Hal. How's it going? Great. You're on your way home. Are you glad to be leaving St. Paul? I'm glad only because it's supposed to snow again in St. Paul today. Oh, you're so kidding. not like last weekend. Yes. So, you know, after our drive down through the blizzard, we just kind of want to get out just in case another storm is on its way. Yeah. No kidding. We're coming back, though, with one win. That's fantastic because now we can win the series here and we can have a great big party on Whiteout Way and, and all the good stuff that goes with winning it here. Uh, any highlights for you down there? Talk about your stay. You were there, well, several days. Yeah, since Saturday. Honestly, we had a really great trip. We know if you've been to Minnesota, um, you know the people down here are really great. So a lot of really friendly faces and the crowds were so nice to us. A couple of highlights for me, I think, Hal. Um, we earlier this week went to a little community called Little Canada, which I had never heard of, but it's actually just nestled between St. Paul and Minneapolis. And Little Canada was actually founded by a French-Canadian. So that was one of the stories we did Monday night, and I just was so pleased to go see them there and have a talk with them and so friendly. So I loved Little Canada, and I liked all the Winnipeg Jets fans who were either live in Minneapolis and still show their true colors for their team or the ones that came down. I mean, that's, that's some serious loyalty, particularly those who drove through the blizzard, Hal. What, what a show for them to uh, get down here and be here for their team. Have you been a big hockey fan in the past? Are you more of a hockey fan now? Where do you fall on that? You know, I, I've always been a really big hockey fan, and Winnipeg Jets go back a long way for me, like like so many in Manitoba. So I wouldn't say it's made me more of a hockey fan. What I do think is really neat, like we also talked this week just about this brooding rivalry between the Jets and the Wild, and of course it's getting stronger just because they're in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I think if anybody's sort of looking to get into the game or just sort of check things out, it's a great trip to make down here. You know, it's a seven-hour drive. You come down and watch a game, and there's a, it, there's a lot of fun to be dan- had down here in St. Paul. Like if you're if you're just looking to have a good weekend. And so if I think for me now, I'm kind of a fan of um, Minneapolis and St. Paul and, and maybe yeah. even a few more trips down here with the family if I can get them to a game. Yeah, no, it is, a, it is a great trip because obviously we talked a bit about this yesterday and I heard you with Macklin and McGarry this morning. You got to hit Target on the way home, right? You got the list of uh, stuff you can't get here that you got to pick up while you're down there. And uh, But it is, I mean, there's great entertainment. There's great food. If you're a hockey fan, you can certainly do that. Baseball, uh, shopping, w- whatever. It is a, it is a great trip. 
Yeah, and it's and the people here are so friendly, and it's kind of like being at home. It's a bigger city for sure, but it's like yeah. being back in Manitoba. Mm. The only thing, the one thing I will say that we do so much better in Winnipeg is we. I feel like that street party that we've started this year, yeah. and if that tradition carries forward, it's just going to be such a tremendous thing. Uh, last night, the Wild hosted a pregame party, and it was really just a tailgate party. It wasn't meant to rival that mm. of the Winnipeg Jets, but it just showed me how well we do it in Winnipeg and are doing it. Um, this season and in the postseason, and I think that whiteout way, uh, it's tremendous. I think it's so much to be proud of, and I heard that a lot from people down here, that they're watching um, the coverage from Winnipeg and think Winnipeg looks amazing too. I agree. Hey, you had a real harrowing trip on the way down there. I worried about you all day Saturday till I saw your email Saturday night that you'd made it okay. I hope it's a better trip home. It looks like it will be, but again, be safe, and we'll see you when you get back. I'll drop you a line again, Hal, to let you know I'm home safe. How Good stuff. Sound? Thank you, Loren. <laughs> okay, thanks, Hal. Global News television anchor Loren McNabb heading home. And the Jets are heading home as well, up 3-1 over the Minnesota Wilds. Again, uh, game uh, five, yeah. Game five. I had to think there for a second. We're up 3-1. Yeah, game five. I'm doing my math. I could, Hang on, i got to carry the two. And then you divide. What's pi again? Yes, game five here on uh, on Friday. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Whiteout Way, Donald from Portage to St. Mary is now expanding on to Graham. Take a listen. Organizers are calling the next Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party the biggest one yet. And for that reason, the area is expanding by over 50%. There will be new entry points on Graham and Hargrave, as well as Graham and Smith. This is in addition to existing entry points at Portage and Donald and St. Mary and Donald. An extra TV screen and more vendors and washrooms are also being added. The party will start this Friday at 4.30. Joe Scarpelli, Global News. Yes, so it's getting bigger. It's bigger and better. Man, I'm telling you, listen, and this is just, we haven't even wrapped up the first uh, series yet. Man, if the Jets start going deep in the playoffs, this is going to get crazy. This is just going to get insane around here, I think. Also, another conversation I had this morning, you just heard uh, my chat with Lauren McNabb. Another uh, conversation I had this morning was with Tracy Garbett. He works over at CNIB, and uh, he is blind. He cannot see. And uh, when we were looking to talk to somebody from Winnipeg or Manitoba down at the Boston Marathon, I sent him a text, and I didn't hear back from him. And then I heard back from him last night when he got back to Winnipeg. But we talked the the other day with uh, Annie Quinton and then her mom, Jane, who who ran uh, in the marathon. Uh, but I got a text message back last night from Tracy, and he goes, oh, I'm just getting back. I said, we got to talk. So he was available this morning, so I talked to Tracy Garbutt this morning about him running the Boston Marathon again. Well, how was the marathon in Boston? Well, you know, it was probably the one of the worst ones on record for weather, but wow, I mean, the fan support, it sure keeps you going. And I understand you ran your personal best for the Boston Marathon. Yeah, I improved my time by a few minutes, and uh, in the weather conditions, the way it where, the way it was, it was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a runner, a, a distance runner, a long distance runner, you want it to be kind of cool, but this was beyond that, eh? It was, and the winds, you were running into the wind for 42.2 kilometers. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it really saps your energy. And if you weren't dressed properly and just, you know, all the preparation that goes into it makes a big difference. Yeah. How many times have you run that marathon now? 
that was my second time. I ran it in 2015 as well, and it was also a rainy, cold day, but not yeah. as bad as uh, this one. Well, and I think we talked in 2015 when you ran it. It still blows me away, uh, Tracy, that you do this and you don't have your sight. You were blind. Yeah, you know what? I mean, um, I had some awesome guide runners, too, that really helped me out. I had someone from Boston ran the whole thing, and my buddy Mike, who ran the, the second half with me in Boston. So those guys kept me motivated as well, and without sighted guides, mm. um, it'd be pretty hard to train and really uh, get to that level. Help us understand the challenges you face running a race like the Boston Marathon and not being able to see. This year, I think one of the trickiest things was was actually all the people discarding clothing and wet gear and stuff, stepping on it and slipping and tripping. So, I mean, there's tons of people on the course sweeping it, keeping it clean, but I don't think they could keep up at certain points this year. I was talking to Jane Quinton uh, the other day. She ran it as well. It was her first Boston Marathon. And I asked her this question, too, and I want to ask you this. You're an avid runner. What is it about running? I'll be honest with you, I don't get it. I don't understand (laughs) it, but I know that I I talk to people that are into running, and it is a passion. It is. And you know what? It's It's a sport that you either love or hate. It's something that you just don't do in between. Mm -hmm. If you don't really have a love for it, you're not going to stick with it. And it's it's dedication. And when you really get into it and you love it, it's not work. You just go do it. Well, good for you. Congratulations, Tracy, and thanks for telling us about it. Thank you, Hal. Take care. Tracy Garbutt, Uh He's uh, an amazing guy. You know, I'm amazed at how uh, people like him that can't see can do some incredible things. Like my friend Maggie Lee Grant. I talk about Maggie Lee Grant all the time. She can't see. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you've ever been to it or not, but there's a, a CNIB fundra- fundraiser they have every year called Dine in the Dark. And you literally eat your dinner at this big event, big gala, with a blindfold on. And the simplest little task is almost impossible. So when I hear of some of the stuff that Tracy is doing running in the Boston Marathon and some of the stuff that Maggie, uh, my friend Maggie does, and they have no uh, ability to see. Incredible. Just really uh, amazing. By the way, we said the other one, uh, our tough trivia question uh, today was not flushing the toilet. That was the answer. And we said, if it's uh, yellow, let it mellow. If it's uh, brown, flush it down. Here's another one from Doug. Doug sent in another one. In this house of sun and fun, we don't flush for number one. It's a good one. Oh, and Friday, right? Jetson Wild, the big uh, party there on Whiteout Way, right? Donald, Portage uh, uh, to St. Mary, and then now on Graham, right? They're expanding it. Another TV, more washrooms, more vendors, all that stuff. Somebody just reminded me by text that Friday is 420. So now we got the whiteout, we got whiteout way, and a great big cloud of white smoke floating over all of it. (laughs) Hey, it's 420 on Friday. Oh boy, I'm not so sure how that's all going to go down. I'm not so sure how that's all going to go down, but it is 420 on Friday. Yep. Go Jets, go. Pretty excited about uh, our team. And uh, if you missed it, I had on... uh, uh, 
uh, Matt Nichols, our, our Bomber quarterback, he too is excited for the Jets and cheering them on. And I'll play some of that conversation in the recap after the news at 3.30 if you uh, if you missed that conversation. All right. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Billboard Music Awards. They will happen May 20th on NBC. And they have announced that Kelly Clarkson will host the Billboard Music Awards. I like Kelly Clarkson. She's great. Fantastic singer. I'm so glad that she's getting, you know, even more opportunities now to do some hosting and some other stuff. I really like her. And I thought we'd go to the news here at 3 o'clock with Savannah Piers with uh, an artist that is up for, by my count, four Billboard Awards. Up for four Billboard Awards, including top new artist, Camilla Cabello. This is Havana on CJOB. The news is next. Right now, it is 11 degrees at 680 CJOB. And now, back to Hal Anderson. Thank you, Savannah. Coming up on 306. It is Hal on CJOB. Savannah had the story in her news there about uh, cameras in the testing rooms at the University of Regina to try and fight cheating. And then Diana Foxall, one of our global news reporters, was talking to students at the University of Manitoba. We were talking about it earlier I just got this email from Greg, Hal at CGOB.com. Cheaters, Hal? Not everyone is cheating, I hope. Imagine being treated by a doctor who cheated their way through school or a cheater, engineer, who built the building you're sitting in or the bridge you drive over daily. I hope not everyone is cheating. Uh, Thanks for the email, Greg. I hope not, too. Uh, I don't think... Yes, there are cheaters. Uh, but I don't think there are as many, I don't think there are a lot of cheaters. That's just me. I'm hoping there aren't, but I don't know. (laughs) I guess the university of Regina figures they got to put a camera in the room. So obviously they think it's a, it's a bigger problem than I do. So, uh, what do I know? 204-780-6868. We did get a call from a student, Robert, I think was his name who said he was in a lab exam and he saw somebody cheating and that person saw him see him cheating and then, did I put that right? Yeah, I think I did. 
Maybe it wasn't grammatically correct, but I'm rarely grammatically correct. But yeah, and so what does he do? Because if he says something, now the guy knows, oh, yeah, it was Robert, right? Because I saw Robert catching me cheating. Now what does he do? Does he keep his mouth shut or does he say something? Anyhow, let me play this here as we uh, get into our final hour here on CJOB. Hal Anderson on CJOB. It's April 18th, the greatest day ever. On the 18th of April, 1775, Paul Revere set out on horseback to rouse the Minutemen, warning that the British were coming. In many ways, this was the very first tweet. British are coming. Hashtag independent AF. Hashtag make America revolutionary again. Yes. The British are coming. Have a great April 18th. The greatest day ever. Ah, yes, Paul Revere, 1775. By the way, today is Adult Autism Day. It's International Amateur Radio Day today, International Day for Monuments and Sites. It's International Jugglers Day, Lineman Appreciation Day, Newspaper Columnist Day, and it's Pet Owners Independence today as well. All right, and I got a song to play a little later on uh, having to do with today in history. And we'll get celebrity birthdays in tune, maybe play a song with that as well. Uh, let's go to the phone here quickly. We've got, uh, I think uh, uh, Dave wants to talk about food. Back to the, because we had the Canadian uh, National Barbecue Champion on today, John Thompson, with some barbecue tips. Let's go to the phone, 204 780 6868. It is Dredge Dave. Hello, Dredge Dave. Hey, how, how? You're doing good, I can tell. Yeah. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm great. I'm Excellent. Great. Yeah, have you ever tried a, a beer can chicken? Yes, I have tried that. It is very good. You know what? The hardest thing, though, is you got to get rid of that first part of the beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's never a problem around my place. That's usually, there's several people waiting to help with that. And we don't pour it in the bush, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, those, uh, that, that, that beer can chicken, you can buy those uh, racks, actually. If you, you, you don't need a rack, but you can buy those racks for not very much money. And it does make a nice chicken. It does. Yep. Have you ever put citrus in the chicken first, though? Yes, I've done citrus. I don't know if we've done a, a citrus chicken, but we've certainly done a citrus turkey. They're very good. Yeah, put yep. some citrus in there. Got to stay away from lemons. and That's pretty bitter, but mm. you put oranges and apples in. Yeah. And uh, it just sits on the barbecue. It, it just looks like, yep. what are you doing to me here, you know? And then you put your favorite. <laughs> oh, make yep. an awesome chicken. Yeah. Oh, love your show, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. You take care. That is uh, Dredge Day. We call him Dredge Day because uh, soon after I started back here at CJOB, he said, you know, Al, I talked to the old timers, and they say they should be dredging the rivers again as part of the flooding problem. And then sure enough, soon after that, they started dredging again. So that's why we call him uh, Dredge Dave, just in case you're wondering. Uh, really sad to see that Barbara Bush passed away. Um. She was classy, man. Uh, you know, whether you agree with her politics or not, she was a tough lady. She was tough. Her own family called her the enforcer. And uh, she was all about literacy. You know how the, the first uh, lady does, you know, something with charity. And she was about literacy and um, helping kids read. And I heard this morning here on CGOB when I was listening to Macklin and McGarry, she donated millions of dollars 
uh, in Houston after Hurricane Harvey, helping get the libraries opened up again. So I was really uh, sad to see that uh, she passed away, Barbara Bush. Imagine, right, the wife of a president and then the mother of a president. And her son, George W. Bush, who, and then her, her other son, Jeb, wanted to be president, and he was the uh, governor of Florida, right, but wanted to be president. It's funny, a couple years before he actually did run for president, we all know how that turned out, not very good for Jeb Bush, but uh, a couple years before that, she said, that's it, enough Bushes. There's other good people, let them run. And then he ended up running, and she went out on the campaign trail and, and helped him try to get elected. Didn't do any good, unfortunately. Um, anyhow, George W. Bush, her son, who was president, of course, uh, had a chance to say goodbye to his mom. And he has now uh, done the first interview since the passing of his mom, Barbara Bush. And he talked about being able to say his goodbyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in person and then on the phone. Laura and I uh, uh, went over to see her uh, a week ago Saturday. And uh, we had a wonderful visit. She was strong, lucid. Uh, funny uh, still. Funny. She and I were needling each other. And the doctor <laughs> came in and she turned to the doctor and said, you want to know why George W. is the way he is? And the doctor looked somewhat surprised. She said, because I drank and smoked when I was pregnant with him. <laughs> imagine your mother says that to the doctor you know she's basically on her deathbed you know final days and you know why he's the way he, this is the president she's talking about her son but he's also the president i thought that was pretty funny that's that's a cool lady right there rest in peace barbara bush 1993 i told you i had a song here 1993 david lee roth is arrested in new york city for buying ten dollars worth of pots $10 worth of pot. He got arrested for it. Here he is, David Lee Roth. Just a gigolo as we head to a break. Traffic on the way on CJOB. Just a gigolo. We got the news coming up at 3.30. Savannah Pierce will have the news for you. She'll have sports as well at uh, 25 after. So that's uh, just five, six minutes from right now. And then we're going to recap the show. We'll recap the show after the news at 3.30. Uh, just back to text messages here for a moment. 204 780 uh, 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. I had a text message here someplace. 
that I was going to uh, read for you, and now, of course, I can't find it. Oh, uh, Hal, I don't think I'm going to survive this playoff season. The Jets game last night was a nail-biter. My chest was awfully sore last night. The Jets might give me a heart attack, LOL. Yeah, but boy, does it feel good, though. It feels good when you get all wound up like that, and then they win. They're up 3-1. Game four, go game five, got to do the math again. Game five goes uh, Friday night. 4.30, the big uh, Whiteout Street Party gets going on Whiteout Way, Donald, between Portage and St. Mary's, and now they're opening up some of Graham as well. Somebody here on the text uh, machine suggesting that you know how if you count the people outside and the people that will be inside Bell MTS Place, is it possible we could have close to 40,000 people downtown? I guess we could. Possible. I don't know if it would be quite that many, but boy. And like I said earlier, this is just the first round. We haven't even finished the first round of the playoffs yet. This is game three in Winnipeg. And look at they're having to expand uh, Whiteout Way for a second time. Pretty exciting stuff. Fantastic. And uh, by the way, again, I'll mention... If you missed him earlier, I had on uh, uh, Matt Nichols, our Bomber quarterback. He is cheering on the Jets, and I'll have a clip of him in the recap coming up after the news at 3.30. By the way, um, I will tell you a little more detail about his quarterback camp, which is happening Sunday at Investors Group Field. It's going to go from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and you can just get a hold of the Bombers if you want to register. Bluebombers.com is the website. And it's a full day, on and off the field. Kind of cool what he wants to do. He wants to sort of take him through a day as a quarterback, right? Show him the different methods of training, preparing for a season, how to review film, uh, best practice drills and tips, and, you know, they get their meal in the locker room. Kind of cool. Nice to see that Matt's giving back like that for young quarterbacks. So if you have a young quarterback or a wannabe quarterback, you might want to check that out with the Blue Bombers. It happens on Sunday. And uh, Matt will be on my uh, Sunday morning show on Hal Anderson Weekends this weekend talking about that uh, then. Um, I don't think we have too much more here to talk about. Let's just quickly do Celebrity Birthday. Should we do that? James Woods is 71 today. Rick Moranis is 65. Eric Roberts is 62. That's uh, Eric uh, Roberts from The Young and the Restless, and another uh, person from the YNR, Melody Thomas-Scott. Nikki is 62 today. John James is 62 as well. He was uh, a Jeff on Dynasty back in the day, and he's also a Jeff on All My Children. Jane Leaves, who's that? That was Daphne on Frasier. Remember her? 57. Jeff Dunham, the ventriloquist, is 56. Conan O'Brien is 55. Eric McCormick. On Will and Grace, 55. Melissa Joan Hart from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, 42. Courtney Kardashian is 39. And didn't she just have a baby, Courtney? No, it was uh, Chloe that just had the baby, I think. She called her. You know what's kind of funny? One of Kim Kardashian's kids is uh, North, right? And Chloe uh, Kardashian just called her kid True. Put them together, what do you got? True North. That's what you got. You got True North when you put them together. And one more birthday here. America America Fear. I'm being silly today. America Fear. Ugly Betty, 34. Weather, sports and news on the way.